say, Jesus is hope. Jesus is hope. This is our God statement for tonight. The first kind of thing that we're leaning into in this Advent series. Now, what is hope? What is hope? It's, it's a word that's thrown out often, but what does it actually mean? The Oxford Dictionary defines it as this, that hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. A Harvard Health Study shows that there's a lot of correlations between true hope, not just like optimism, like not, not the optimism, maybe you've done this before. I'm a very optimistic person and that doesn't always do me well, right? Like the optimism where it's like you haven't studied for a math like final all year and you didn't pay attention all year and like you show up to the final thinking, I'm going to crush this. I'm going I'm, I'm to crush this. And you leave and you're like, oh, that, that was that. I, I had no reason to be optimistic about that. Anyone ever been there before? Yeah, some of y'all, some of y'all are like, yeah, in two weeks, that's that's me, like every every final. Yeah, like like it, hope is not just optimism of just kind of trying to cheer up and see the glass half full. Hope is a lot more than that. But there's a, a strong correlation between hope that's based in realism and all sorts of things like better mental health and success, motivation, improved well-being, both physically as well as mentally. What is very, very clear is that in order to, to function and to thrive as a human, we need hope hope. We, we need hope. We need it desperately. And what we see is that when Jesus comes onto the scene here, when the word becomes flesh and dwells among us, when he comes into the world 2,000 years ago, that world really, really needed hope. Like, like the Roman world that Jesus entered into was a mess. There's, there's all sorts of violence and sexual sin and there's all sorts of, of racism and classism and the people of Israel are being, are being domineered by the Romans. Like it's a really, really bad time. And just as 2,000 years ago the people of God needed hope in the same way you and I need hope, right? We, we need hope to be able to live, to thrive and to function. But the reality is that most of us experience this, that sometimes we put our hope in things that let us down. Have you ever been let down by something before or by someone? Oh, yeah, there, there it is. So the relationships, the breakups, yeah, yeah, right? Like, like for me, the, like the greatest way I see this in my 22 years of life is this, as a Dallas Cowboys fan. Right. Some of y'all knew. Some of y'all knew. I don't want to hear the booze. You got it. You got to go. You, you can't stand. I'm kidding. Like, right, like, the, like the way I have experienced this as a Dallas Cowboys fan. Where are my Cowboys fans at? I see you, I see you, I see you. I didn't know you were. Very nice. Okay, I see you, I see you, I see you. You say go Eagles? Oh, bro, we need to pray for you. You need to get saved. You need to get saved. You need some sanctification. Okay, like, right, but like as a Cowboys fan, right, like what I have grown up with is like season after season after season, we look really, really good in the regular season. Right, like we look really good in the regular season and it's kind of like, a, okay, I think I can finally have some conflict. I can put my hope in this team, that they're not going to let me down, that they'll actually be able to win, like, more than one playoff game, right? And what happens year after year after year? Don't talk about, don't talk about the 49ers. But they do it every year. The Cowboys end up losing, right? Like, like, over and over in our lives, when we put our hope in anything or anyone, like, we get let down, Right? Like, like you think this relationship is going to be different than all the other ones, right? Like, no, no, no. She's special, bro. She, she's special. Like, she, she's way better. Like, five weeks later, you're like, yeah, bro, she wasn't it, right? Like, like, over and over and over, we put our hope in something or someone, and we are let down. Are you tracking with me? That, that often what we experience here on this earth is disappointment. 
We, we get let down when we put our hope in other people, in other things. And this is where I believe scripture has something to show us about what is true hope. Everyone say true hope. True hope. Hope in, 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 the, in scriptures has lots of different words it uses, but one of them is kava. Everyone say kava. Kava comes from this Hebrew word kav, which is a cord. And when, when a cord is like stretched from both ways, there is this tension, right? And, there, and there's this tension that's produced until eventually it snaps, right? It snaps. And like what you've been anticipating, what you've been waiting for finally happens. I, I actually think it would be helpful for us to, to demonstrate this. So I need two volunteers who are strong and also who are okay with like being in physical pain. I need, I need a guy and a girl. Are there any girls raising their hands? I asked her if there's any girls raising their hands and everyone said, Drew. So, is that Galena? Okay, Galena, come on up here. Drew, get on up here. <coughs> okay, let's, I want us to get a little visual representation of what this looks like. Come on up, come on up. Give it up for Drew and Galena. Y'all can st st step in front here, step in front here. Drew, come on, come on over here. Guys, Drew's a stud, a senior, upperclassman right here. Big guy. We got Galena, who's also strong, all right? This is what we're going to do. Yep. All right, this is what we're going to do. So we're talking about like this word kava, right? Like a cord being, being stretched. You know what's about to happen, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So something that, I don't have like any like cords that stretch. We're not like a farming society. I don't, I don't got that. But we do have rubber bands. Any of y'all ever been snapped by a sibling with a rubber band? Right, right. Just, I love it. I love it. This is what we're going to do. I want you guys just to come over here and, and grab on this rubber band. Come close, come close. All right. Just like that. Now all I want you to do is take a tiny, tiny step back. Keep your arms right where they are. That was a big step. I said tiny step back. They said, all right. They're, all right. Now take like a really, a really, really tiny step back. Uh, that, that was actually tiny. Another tiny step back. <laughs> Drew's arms moving forward. He said, oh, keep your arm right where it's at. Keep your arm right where it's at. Take another step back. Take another step back. Wait, this is kind of, okay, are, are you, oh. All right. Did you, did you hold on? Did you hold on? All right, let's do this. Let's do this. This one's a little bigger. This one's a little bigger. All right. Go ahead. Grab on, Galena. All right. Don't take a step back yet. Okay. So, so what is this right here? This is tension, right? This is tension. As this rubber band is being pulled apart, there is tension. Now, 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 now work with me here. Work with me. Work with me. As, as Drew and Galena are here holding this rubber band, they know what's likely to happen. They're going to get snapped, right? Like, they, like they're waiting for this. And, and so what happens as, as the tension grows... There's an anticipation, either like, I can't wait for the other person to get snapped, right? Like the excitement of like, I hope that happens to them. And also like the fear and anxiety of like, but this could happen to me. Like, like I don't know how like that actually works with a rubber band, like what the, like the, the probability is, but it can happen. So go ahead, take a step back. Oh, big step. Glenn, how about, Drew, you stay where you are. Take, take a step back. Drew, you take a little step back, little step back. Galena, take a step back. Like this would be powerful. This would be really powerful. <laughs> Drew, take a step back. Galena, take a step back. No, stay where you are. Do you see the tension? 
Do you, do you see the tension? Yes, okay. Drew, take another step back. <laughs> Yo, this is crazy. I, I, okay. Galena, take another step back. Your finger hurting? Come on, come on, grip strength. Come on. Take another step back. Oh, your arm's going forward. There you go. There you go. Wait, Galena, take a step back. <laughs> you guys can take a seat. Give it up for Drew and Galena. <coughs> I was literally about to say, I think my illustration backfired. It, the cord wasn't going to break, and I was like, well, that means I wasted my time because the illustration didn't work. But the cord did break, okay? Now, now here, here's the thing about this, about this cord, about this feeling of kava. Everyone say kava. <coughs> this feeling of waiting, this feeling of tension where, where you are waiting for something to change, for something to happen, right? Like, like when a cord is pulled apart, when a rubber band is pulled apart, you're waiting for it to snap. And hopefully, like snap like the other person or your, like your younger sibling who's been annoying you, right? Like that's, that's what you're hoping for. But what happens is, is as this is pulled apart, like, like it, it, all of a sudden we start to feel a lot of different things, right? Like, like Drew was clearly feeling a lot of like fear and anxiety, right? Like, like Drew is sitting over here like, oh, oh, oh gosh, oh, like, right? he's freaking out because he knows that like in this waiting, in this anticipation, he's nervous for what might happen, right? Or what might not happen, which is, which is the, 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 the rubber band snapping towards Galena. Galena was cool as a cucumber. I respect it. I respect it. Good job, Galena. But like this is what happens and when, when we talk about this idea of waiting, the object of our hope is extremely, extremely important. What I want to suggest to us tonight is this, is that the security of our hope rests on what or who we choose to depend on. The security of our hope or the, the structural integrity, if you will, like the, the ability for a structure, for like your hope to be able to stand strong, <clears throat> it rests, it's dependent on what or who you choose to place your hope in. You with me? Are you with me? Like your hope is only as secure as the thing or the person that is the object of that hope, of that anticipation, of that, of that belief for a better future. It rests on the object. And friends, what I think we all see in our lives is the amount of things that fall short. The amount of things that as we wait, as we wait, as we wait, eventually it snaps. Eventually, it's not, eventually it, it ends up hurting us. It lets us down, right? Like, like we can see example after example, time after time in our lives where we have put our hope in something or someone and it lets us down. And what I want to suggest to us tonight is this, that our anchor as Christians is the promises of God and the, care, and the faithfulness of his character. Our, our anchor, the thing that holds us secure, the thing that, that keeps us stable despite everything else that's going on, our anchor as Christians is in the promises of God and the faithfulness of his character. That's really important that we understand that his character is faithful, otherwise his promises mean nothing. Someone ever promised you something and you're like, 
bro, I know you ain't going to deliver, right? Like, right, like you, like you know, it's like, no, but like, if we believe that Jesus is trustworthy and faithful, that means we can stand firm on his promises, right? We can stand firm on his promises. Hebrews 10.23 tells us this. Look at this passage with me. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast. Everyone say hold fast. Come on, everyone say hold fast. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. What we have an invitation into as believers is a hope that does not waver, is a hope that does not change, which makes it unlike anything or anyone else that you can put your hope in. Anything or anyone else that you are hoping can make your life better will let you down. Anything or anyone else that you are kind of placing your hope in that that, that thing, that person will make you feel significant. It'll let you down. Or, or even eventually if you get that thing that you're hoping for, what happens next? You, you, you orient your, your life, you, you center your life around going to get that like division one scholarship. You're a beast, you're a great athlete, it's like awesome. And then you get there and it's like, okay, you got the scholarship, great. But now, but now you have to perform and show everyone by like your own strength, your own ability that like you actually deserve that scholarship and you're actually good. And after that, you have to keep proving yourself. And like it's a continuous cycle that leaves us really anxious, depleted, tired. And eventually, it lets us down. But we as Christians, our hope is an anchor that keeps us steady. And this anchor is something that's unique. It's built on the promises of God. Everyone say promises of God. It's built on the promises of God. So this is what I want to do. I just... I, wanted to, I want to dig into a few promises that we see, especially in, in, in Jesus' coming in Advent. So look again with me at John 1, verses 12 through 14 that, that Courtney read. John 1, 12 says this, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. What we see here is that Advent is a call for us to remember that Christ has come, that he is dependable. You with me? That, that he is dependable, he is trustworthy. So let's just, I'm, we're just going to, this is really, really simple. Two promises that I want to highlight tonight for us that I want us to hold on to. Number one is this, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Promise number one that we see Advent remind us of, that we can hold on to, is that he never leaves us or forsakes us. Advent, the coming of Jesus Christ reminds us that he never leaves us or forsakes us. Look at Deuteronomy 31, 6. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you. Or forsake you. Look at, look at John 1, 14. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I'm say dwelt among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. What we remember at Advent is a really simple thing. But, but I think when we, when we actually sit down with it and we ask the Holy Spirit to move us to a place where, where we're in awe. Where we're, where we're like moved to a place of gratitude. What we remember is that God himself sent his son 
who, who created all things and who formed and created you, who chose you, who chose to design you like the God who made everything, the God who is all-powerful, he decides to become a human being. He, he decides to become a human being. He takes on flesh to dwell among us. In the message version, you, you maybe heard this before, it says the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. I think that's like a little bit corny, but like, it works, right? Like, like, like you, to put in our own like context, like the word became flesh and like he came and sat at like your lunch table. I don't know. Like, like the word became flesh and like, like he came into like the context of your lives. And friends, this is, this is a really, really simple thing for us to remember, but I believe it holds so much beauty. It's the fact that we, when we remember that Jesus' answer to his people's unfaithfulness and sin is not distancing himself, but it's him coming close and taking on flesh to be with you, that changes everything. Right? That changes everything because no longer do we live for other people's approval. No longer are we going from thing to thing and person to person to try to find something that will give us hope for the next day and the next day. No, no, no. When we remember that we have a God who sent his son to take on human flesh, that means even at your worst, his response is, hey, I'm going to take on human flesh for you. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enter into like what it means to be a broken human. I want to enter into like I understand like the pain that you're feeling. I have felt it. I, I have felt it. I have grieved the way that you're grieving over the loss that you've experienced. I, I'm experiencing the brokenness of the world. I, I get. I get what you're walking through. I want everyone to look at me. Look at me. Look at me. It's really, really simple, but... I think there's a lot of people in this room tonight who are believing a lie. That A, you need to clean yourself up before you can come to Jesus. Or that God is really, really ashamed of you and that the gospel isn't for you. Maybe, maybe you're in this room and like you've maybe heard about Jesus for forever. And like you've heard like the Jesus coming to earth story like a billion times and you're like, yeah, 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 cool, cool. But like if you were to be honest with yourself, because of like the lifestyle you're living, because of the things that you struggle with, because of, because of the shame that you carry, you believe you can't come to Jesus. Friends, hear me. What the gospel tells us is that, is that it's not on the basis of if you can come to him or not. That the good news is on the basis that you could not come to him and Jesus came to you. That you could not do it, that you couldn't clean yourself up and you still can't clean yourself up and anything you try to find hope in, We'll let you down, but the good news is that your Savior came to you. Is that our God came to us and took on human flesh. And, what, and like what, what's amazing about God's promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. Is that that is something that is independent of what we do. You track with me? That, that's something that's independent from what we do. So whether you are like crushing this Christianity thing or like you feel like the biggest loser in Christianity or you could care less. Like I don't really care about the whole Christian thing. The good news is that Christ promised that he never leaves us or forsakes us, period. It's not based on I won't leave you or forsake you if you have a good enough prayer life. I won't leave you or forsake you if you read your Bible enough. I won't leave you or forsake you if fill in the blank. Friends, hear me tonight. What we remember at Advent and the promise we hold on to is we have a God who says, I will never leave you or 
forsake you. Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I love how, how John writes about this and he talks about this idea of darkness. He talks about the darkness that is in the world, right? 2,000 years ago, there's darkness in the world that Jesus enters into today. There's darkness in the world that you and I live in. And John 1, 5 simply tells us that, that there is darkness, but the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Friends, hear me. Your darkness, the worst of your sin, the things that you feel the most ashamed of, hear me. Jesus' response to you, to human brokenness, to human sin, is to take on flesh to be with you. Can you say amen? Number two is simply this, a promise that we get to hold on to that we're reminded of in the season of Advent is that Jesus does not quit on his people. Jesus doesn't quit on his people. In other words, he works for our good. He continues to work for our good. Look at this familiar verse in Romans 8. Romans 8, 28 says this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Everyone say good. All things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. What this verse tells us and reminds us is that God works all things for good. And friends, what, what, I, what I see at Advent is like, and what we continue to experience in our lives is that like, you and I, like, we are really unfaithful to God. Right? Like, we're really, really unfaithful. Like, like honestly, like, sometimes, like, we just suck. Like, like, we just suck. Like, like we say, like, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do all these things. And then it's like, 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 we can't go but, like, two minutes. And then it's like we're, like, we're trying to worship, and all of a sudden, like, we're distracted by the people next to us. We're, like, thinking about, like, our fantasy lineups, right? Like, like, like we're thinking about, like, all of these, like, little things that really do not matter in comparison to God of the universe who became flesh for us. Like, thank God that he's patient. But, but can you imagine, like, like, Jesus has every single right. Hear me, hear me, everyone look at me. Jesus has every right to look at you in the face and say, I'm, I'm done with you. I, I, I'm, I'm done with you. I've, I've been patient. I, I gave my life. I shed my blood for you. I did all these things and you can't get your act together. I'm calling it quits. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm done. I'm, I'm walking out on you because you've been unfaithful. God doesn't owe us a single thing. Hear me. And I, I think some of us think that like he, he does owe us because like you live like a, a good moral life. No, no, no. You can't offer God anything that he needs. He doesn't need anything from you. And what's amazing to me about the good news of the gospel is that God does not quit on us. He doesn't quit on us. When, when you and I, what we do when people fail us, when people mistreat us, like what do we do? It's like, see ya. I, I don't need you. I don't like you, so I don't really need you in my life. This is what we have grown accustomed to. We even call it healthy sometimes. It's to mistreat people. To cast them aside. And what does Jesus do? Even though he has every single right to look at us and say, all right, I'm done. I've tried with you. I've I spoken to you like a billion times, and you're just focused on fantasy football. I'm done. I, I, I am walking out on you. Friends, can you hear me? 
Now what Advent reminds us of, this is so simple, but I believe we just need to hold on to this because it's truth. It's truth that anchors us despite how we feel, despite the good things and the bad things in our lives. Our God does not quit on us. Amen? Our God does not quit on us. Worship team, you guys can go ahead and come on up. Look at John 1.12 with me one more time. It says, but to all who did receive him, to all who did receive Jesus, although most of the world did not receive him, and even though he is their maker and the creator of everything, they mistreated him. They pushed him aside, they cast him aside. For those who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right to become children of God. Friends, Advent reminds us that Christ comes to earth to bring his people back to himself. To bring his people back to himself. Daniel, you can go and turn down the light. What I want us to do tonight, this is a really, really simple message. Like I think for like 90, 95% of you in this room, you're like, yeah, I, I didn't learn anything new though. Like, yeah, I know Jesus is my hope. Yeah, I know he doesn't leave me or forsake me. Yeah, I know like he's working for my good. Okay. But I think if we were to be honest with ourselves, and, and I want you to be honest with yourself, if you're lying to yourself or you feel like you have to put on a face in church, like hear me, like you don't. That's a waste of time. Because I think if we were to be honest with ourselves, we experience, we experience almost a, a tension. We, we experience something where we can say that we know these things are true. But if you were to be honest with yourself, like you don't really feel like you have hope right now. You, you don't really feel like you have hope. Maybe you just feel like too many things, too many people have let you down. Maybe you feel like God has let you down. And as you're saying, I don't, I don't even try to have hope. I just don't care. I, I, just, I just don't care. I just go with the flow. It is what it is. I think some of us, I know this, this has been my experience is that I know these things to be true, that God does not leave me or forsake me, that, that God does not quit on me. I know that the gospel is beautiful, good news that surpasses anything or anyone else. That, that surpasses the, the momentary pleasure of, of pleasing people, the, moment, the momentary pleasure of feeling good about yourself, of accomplishing something, of achieving something, of being good at something. Those things go like that. Paul lays out all the different things that, that he's done, all the different things he's accomplished. In Philippians 3, he says, I count all as rubbish. Literally, if you translate it like, like into our vernacular, it'd be him saying, I count it all as crap. I don't care about any of that. That doesn't compare to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ. That stuff is weak. And the question I want us to bring to, to the Lord tonight is simply this. What am I putting my hope in or who am I putting my hope in? And then like, how's it working out? What or, or who are you placing your hope in? What is, what is the object of the thing that like you are depending on that? to make life better. You're depending on that to be able to get through day to day. 
What is that thing? Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe it's a friend group. Maybe it's, I don't know. And I want you to be honest with yourself and ask, like, is that actually working for me? Like, maybe a question we can ask is, like, what, what is that making you feel when you go to that, go to that thing, go to that person? Does it make you feel anxious? Does it make you feel, feel really tense? Feeling like you have to control all these things, you have to make sure everything is okay or else it might slip out of your control. You feel really, really tired tonight. You've been trying to carry all of this weight. And if you were to be honest with yourself, it's tired. My invitation to you tonight is simply this, is, is to come to Jesus as your hope. What we remember during Advent is the truth that Jesus has come into the world. And because he has come into the world, he wants to dwell with you. He wants to be with you. And because he is with you, he never leaves you or forsakes you. Because he cares for you so much, he wants to walk with you. And we also remember that he doesn't quit on us. Though he had every right to look at the people of Israel 2,000 years ago who kept on messing it up. They were terrible. He had every right to say, no, I'm not going to die for you. He has every right to look at us and say, He doesn't quit. He continues to work. He makes all things work together for good. 